All right, hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. Uh, one of the characteristics of our city that I'm extremely proud of is that we are a global and welcoming city. Uh, a global welcoming city is so important in today's world to reflect the type of world we want our kids to grow up into and we want to welcome the world to our city. We have a lot of diversity in our city, over 120 languages spoken in JCPS. We're got our own little United Nations right here in Louisville and it makes us a very, very interesting city. They bring their cultures, our immigrants, our foreign-born residents do, to the city each and every day. The refugee or immigrant that came here yesterday or the ones that came in the 1800s, in the 1900s. My family's been here for four generations on my dad's side, on my wife's side, one generation. Greek immigrants fled the Civil War, so we all have our own story here in America unless you were indigenous, a Native American. It's something we should be proud of because we know how immigrants add to our business community and entrepreneurship, overall levels of income and educational achievement as well. And for all these reasons, one of the first acts I did as mayor some 10 years ago was to create an office for globalization because I wanted to take Louisville to the world and bring the world to Louisville. So today we'll be talking about all things global and immigration and lots of talk about all around the world with Sabine Nassim, our director of our Office for Globalization. Sabine, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. It's an honor to be here. Well, you're doing a great job, you and the team there. So before we really get into the program here, let's just start by saying, what does your office do? So, goodness, um, I'll talk a little bit about what we've done through COVID, and then I'll talk to you a little bit about what we, um, in addition to all the COVID support that we've provided our immigrants, um, really want to make Louisville a welcoming and compassionate city. So we wanna welcome our immigrants. We want our foreign born and um, to feel like they can integrate into a home, into their own home, into their schools, into the work environment successfully. So we partner with our community partners all over the city and we work on how is that possible. So we work with JCPS, we work with Catholic Charities, with KR, with Kentucky Refugee Ministries, and we discuss what's the best ways that we can ensure that our immigrants are successful when they come into our city. Um, and make, ensuring that we're also showcasing and celebrating the, the traditions they bring and the uniqueness and the diversity they bring. And, um, you know, being able to really take a look at some of the data and see what are those trends, what, is, what are the needs of our um, immigrant communities, and just be able to respond um, appropriately. Hence, I mentioned COVID-19. When COVID-19 hit, um, as you know, the very first thing we did was take a lot of that information and translate it into almost 26 languages. We worked with our immigrant volunteers in the community to create PSAs. We worked with our community partners on what's the best way to get testing out into our immigrant communities and now working to get vaccinations out in, um, so that they're easily accessible for our immigrant communities. I was really grateful for the work you guys did as a department there and how it stretched out into our community because our global community here reinforces each other in terms of the beautiful tapestry they represent and makes our city so much more interesting, so much more competitive and a growing city as well. Absolutely. Yes, it does. And in fact, you know, um, that 
also talks a little bit about our business owners and our entrepreneurs, our immigrant, but they really bring culture and diversity, the, the incredible food that we eat, the clothes that we see, again, the celebrations, um, and they're a value to our city. Well, it's been great to see the expansion. You can go over to, let's say, Old Bardstown Road in Butchell, or you can go to the south side of our city right now, and we've got all these great enclaves of you know heavy global populations with any kind of food you can get anywhere in the world and it's just really fun to see that energy not just within the immigrant communities but then all of louisville interacting with them as well oh yeah no absolutely and in fact you know your world fest is coming up too so um we're going to get to see a lot of that then as well where they're all going to be in one space and uh, and being able to get all of the Lavillians, as you mentioned to enjoy that and um, be part of that and be neighborly and and compassionate towards each other there you know one of the things we talked about when uh, you were considering joining metro government was your passion for the office for globalization and i was so struck by that i mean you had a big job in the private sector and like a lot of good people you said I want to do some public service and really help the community so what tell us a little bit about your story and what drew you to the office sure so um, and and what you mentioned is uh, yes this has been a dream come true for me this job is exactly what I wanted to be able to do but didn't even know it existed to be able to do it 10 15 years ago but I was born in Pakistan so I'm an immigrant myself my family migrated to Southern California, grew up in Southern California, and I'm gonna date myself, but the late 70s, early 80s into a small town, which is no longer small, but small town Irvine in Orange County, established around 71, 72. So um, it was a very conservative, Caucasian uh, heavy town, and my family was the only Brown family there, the only uh, non-Caucasian family. And we experienced a lot of uh, difficulties, not just integrating into the US or into California and into schools and into the workplace, but also um, had to deal with some discrimination. And a lot of people kind of raise their eyebrows at me and say, but you're in California, that doesn't seem right. And, um, and what I always share is that California started at some place. Every city has to start in some place. And they are maybe at a different trajectory. And that is the one thing I love about Louisville is we start at some place and we're probably on a different trajectory than California, but we're getting there too. And I've seen California go from that discrimination that we had seen from broken car windows to you know graffiti on our garage to folks understanding and learning and wanting to know why does your mom wear a nose ring and why does she dress that way and how come your father has that accent and where are you really from what religion do you follow and what does that really mean all of those questions is really what has developed that melting pot in california and then when I came uh, 15 years ago to visit my brother, he was working at UofL getting his residency. We, my, my family and I, we fell in love with Louisville. There were folks talking to my son in the store. They were um, you know, opening doors and stopping to have conversations. And that is what really drew us in. And we, every penny we had saved for a house in California, we put down that week during spring break to build a house in, um, in Louisville and we moved here that summer. That was 15 years ago. My son's 16 right now, and uh, we haven't regretted it. It's been such a great move, 
and all of the lessons I've learned as an immigrant with, um, again, educating those that don't necessarily know about our culture or our country, our language, our food, um, and also being able to help. My father was a, a small business, an immigrant small business owner, helping navigate him through those um, clients and customers and all of those pieces. So all of those lessons I've learned, now I get to feel like I pay it forward and be able to take what were those struggles? I walked in those shoes. How can I help those newcomers now who are walking in those shoes, who um, don't know how to navigate a system, don't know how to get a driver's license or where to go to get a vaccine, or um, I need someone that can look like me and sound like me so I feel comfortable or, um, that where can I go to get an education and enroll my student, my child in and ensure that they're getting a very high quality education, but yet still being able to provide for them for food and clothing. So all of those pieces. Well, we're grateful your family chose Louisville and we know you're busy in the office because the census came out, the 2020 census just came out yes. a couple of weeks ago. So tell us a little bit about what that says about our city now. Oh gosh, this, yes. Yeah. So we are still looking at that data and the U.S. Census in fact is still looking at the data. So, but what we have seen from a general perspective is that, and this is something Mayor that is actually nationwide, but, but specifically for Louisville, something we've been seeing for a while is that our native born populations are declining while our immigrant populations are increasing. And so if it wasn't for our immigrant populations, the, the city would be decreasing, they would be declining. And, but our inflow of refugees and our inflow of immigrants and migrants are able to really offset that. And what that does is, as you know, they're, they're paying taxes, they're buying food, they're opening up businesses, and that's good for our economy. It's good for our city. It's good for our diversity. It's good for global awareness and for our future, for our kids. Yeah, that's why I think it's really important for the kids, right? Yeah. The world's globalizing faster than ever. It's becoming more uh, digitally oriented faster than ever. So we have got to provide our kids with that experience. So when they live in a global city, it's just gonna prepare them in a really powerful, powerful way. We hear powerful stories. You know, I really enjoy when we go out together with uh, our teams and visit some of our foreign-born owned businesses. And I guess a couple months ago, we uh, went out to some of our South Asian businesses and tell us about some of their stories. Yes, so um, some of them have, um, so there's one in particular that I'm thinking of right now out on Woodlawn. He has a grocery store. Um, great, great gentleman, loving family. Um, they're so welcoming, if you remember, and they had gone through some, they, they, they might immigrate or migrated as a refugee. So um, they have seen some war-torn places and some, um, you know, situations where it was life or death it's, um, do I need to run to survive? Do I leave my country? Do I leave everything that I know and everybody that I've grown up with to ensure the safety of my family? And so they were able to resettle. And now he has this incredible grocery store that is um, unique in its way that it is offering imported foods from his country of Myanmar. And it's, um, it's just so heartwarming to be able to see that, that he is now, again, also able to pay it back to his community, knowing that that is probably the one thing that they're missing is those items from home. Right on Woodlawn Avenue, where we can find a lot of uh, foreign-born businesses around that area. 
And it's great be when you visit these establishments because you see a lot of our foreign-born community come to the grocery stores and it's like they're right back at home. But uh, they're here in America being part of our great city, so contributing in many, many different ways. Yeah. We've got an exciting event coming up here on Labor Day weekend. We're COVID-friendly uh, World Fest. Yes. Encouraging people to mask up and some of the events that uh, were really closer in person, we've we've discontinued those. But yeah. So tell us a little bit about World Fest and then also it's welcoming uh, month for what's well, welcoming week that we're making welcoming month yes that's right for foreign born folks as well so tell us a little bit about all of that sure so um world fest you know we had to put a pause somewhat put a pause on it last year um understandably we we took it to a digital aspect but i'm really really excited that we're able to bring it back in person and while we still have adopted some of what we've done in the past to accommodate to covid and wearing masks and ensuring that there's not as many activities close together. I'm just still really excited to be able to see all the different cultural vendors and organizations out there. We're also looking at doing some virtual events and learning about refugee mental trauma. So what does that mean for our youth, our refugee youth um, folks that come here? Um, we're also looking at Hispanic Heritage Month, which starts September 15th to October 15th. We're going to kick that off with a panel discussion. There's about five different um, countries, Hispanic countries that celebrate their independence during that time. And so we're hoping to get a community member from each one of those countries and just talk a little bit about what does independence in their country look like? What, is, what does it mean to them? Tell us a little bit of history. What traditions have they brought here to share with us with their independence? Um, so yeah, all of those various activities. You mentioned uh, refugees in there and of course our Commonwealth of Kentucky and Louisville in particular, uh, we have very active refugee resettlement agencies right. here. So can you explain what that is and how it impacts us here in the city? Sure, so we have two main refugee resettlement agencies in our city, um, Kentucky Refugee Ministries and Catholic Charities. And what they do is they basically streamline, they welcome our refugees that are getting resettled from various countries that are in crisis. Um, they will help them to find a house, to get them um, enrolled in school, help them find a job, help them to get transportation and health screenings, um, ensure that they're vaccinated, ensure that they have all of the things that they need to start out and be, and to successfully integrate into our city. They do such great work and they do an immense amount of work. Um, in fact, I recently found out that Louisville is ranked fourth in the number of refugee resettlements that come through in our country. I remember two years ago, we had dropped down to the sixth or the seventh um, for a number of reasons, probably mostly because of our previous administration. But now we have seen many more um, refugees coming in, some from Cuba um, and then some from Myanmar and we're from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So um, we have now raised that back up to the fourth largest. Which is pretty amazing since we're about the 40th largest city in the country that we have this level of resettlement going on. It's been a great asset to the city, the growth of the city and vitality of the city. While we're on federal issues, uh, talk a little bit about how refugee resettlement is changing with the Biden administration 
and then give us an update on the latest with Afghani refugees. Sure, sure. So yes, yeah, so previously incoming families that we were seeing were trickling into the hundreds. And now, um, you know, President Biden and his administration have made a commitment to, they've lifted the Muslim ban. They've also create, you know, invested in a um, larger cap for refugee resettlement and immigrants, which is now up to 165,000, which is before a year, which was before, in the hundreds before. So um, it's such a great commitment on, on President Biden's part that he sees the, the need and the benefit of having immigrants in our city or in our country. And so um, the refugee resettlement agencies are seeing an influx of them coming through. Now, you mentioned the Afghanis, and we know the crisis that's going on over there, and we are already seeing some families come through. They're resettling them into various areas. So one of the spaces actually that is a really large hub for Afghani communities is Sacramento. 40% of those folks that are coming out of Afghanistan are going there, but now Sacramento is full. And so we are seeing families coming rerouted from there coming here. And we're gonna see them, you know, increasing. That's here on August the 26th. So we're standing by, we have a, few, a small number of families here already and expecting quite a bit more here in the coming weeks. So yeah. whatever it is, we'll be happy to welcome them to our community. Thank and you. as we close out, uh, let's talk about uh, native born folks that have been here, but born to foreign born. And that of course is our dreamers. Yes. And it's been a hot political item over the last decade or so, which is sad because these young children uh, have contributed so much to our country, but their status is still kind of up in the air. So what's yeah. the latest on Dreamers? Yeah, it's um, actually, you're right, it's still um, it's still unknown. And, uh, and if I can, I'm going to read this because um, this is something that just came out uh, yesterday where um, earlier this week, the House of Representatives voted along party lines to approve a $3.5 trillion budget um, resolution that it included $100 billion to support a pathway to citizenship for millions of our immigrants, including TPS workers, um, farm workers, agricultural workers, and our dreamers. So while this is a good milestone that we've, we feel like we've accomplished, we still have to kind of keep on Congress and still continue to urge them that they should be following through with their promises to help our immigrants and our dreamers to really understand what status they're gonna have and give them some sense of permanency and provide them a pathway to citizenship. Exactly. Well, immigrants have made our country. Yeah. And uh, the more immigrants we have, I think the more interesting we are and the brighter our future is as well because the Caucasian folks that consider themselves natives of America. You know, they're, they're not reproducing, right. <laughs> so we're not gonna grow if we just rely on that. So That's right. just as in generations past, when people might've thought the Irish were, shouldn't be here, that was part of my heritage. Now they may put it on some other ethnicity and it's kind of shameful that it continues to happen, but we know that immigrants are the lifeblood right. of our country. So it's very exciting and it's exciting that we're seeing good growth in our city with our global population. Absolutely. So, so as we wrap up here, um, if you're listening to this broadcast and you're saying, I wanna learn more, how do they contact you? So they can contact us on the Office for Globalization Facebook page. Um, they can find us there or they can go to louisvilleky.gov and we have our website there as well. Um, and there's a way to contact me for email and phone number all on our website. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sabine Nassim, the director for the thank Office you. of Globalization and the great city 
of Louisville, Kentucky. That's right. Thank you. All right. And to our listeners, we look forward to hearing and listening to you next time.